Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. Hello and welcome to the human reboot and today's guest is Emma Clayton who is the million pound mentor. So Emma is a CIM trained marketeer and she has launched and managed many multi-million pound brands and after 22 years left her big corporate job and set up her own marketing and communications agency. And um, within two years, I think it was, she um, grew that business to a million pound business. And so now she is working with female business owners to help take their message out to the world because Emma believes that everyone has a million pound idea. So that's what she's doing now. So she's supporting women in making that million pound idea happen. So welcome, Emma. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. And I have been looking forward to this discussion because you know, well, you do know me. So you do know how passionate I am about equality. So uh, so I cannot wait for this discussion. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So would you tell me a little bit about kind of what's brought you to wanting to focus on uh, helping female women? So it is a bit of a long story. I'll try and keep it short. So um, I've always been a massive, massive feminist. Now, that generally means in some people's minds, the perception of a feminist is that you hate men. I don't hate men. I love men. I love men and I love women. I just really have always tried to fight for equality for women, whatever it is. I stood in politics, became a counsellor, and then in business and also in the corporate world. And you're right, I was in the corporate world for a long time and then left to set up my agency. And actually the model I had in the agency was all about, uh, again, still about all that girl power because what our whole model of working was freelance women who were exceptionally talented at what they did, but they wanted a little bit more from life than the big London agency, eight till eight job because they had caring duties either to family or to their children and so I made a home um, a working home for really talented women who wanted more flexibility in life and it was such a powerful model because actually the way that we positioned this for our clients was that you know they had the best people doing the work for actually you know without all of that big London agency spend and that's how we got to grow so so well because we just looked after our clients. We gave them the best. That's what I preach to everybody. Give a brilliant customer experience and that will do your marketing for you. We didn't do any business development at all. So roll on to COVID and you can imagine two lots of lockdowns. Who are the people that end up doing the homeschooling? And generally it is women. And so we went back 
we rolled all the way back into the 1930s where a lot of women had to put their businesses on hold and play a bit smaller or a lot smaller in some cases to be able to support their family and to get the kids through the homeschooling that we had to do last year. And so my model kind of fell apart and I ended up working incredibly hard to keep all of the plates spinning and to try and manage all the expectations of my clients. Some had children and understood, some didn't and didn't understand. And I also got to the point after the first lockdown where I'd been helping quite a lot of my friends in their businesses to try and stay above water and what could they do so that when we got out of a lockdown, their businesses were still able to survive and hopefully to thrive. And actually, I just really got so much out of that because it felt like I was helping you know, smaller businesses where there was a greater impact than where I was currently focused with my my agency, helping big business to grow even bigger. And I read a report, which I would urge anybody to do. It's a massive report. It's 125 pages. And it's a report called the Rose Review. And uh, Alison Rose is the chief exec of NatWest. And she worked with the government to look at the inequality in business for uh, female entrepreneurs and she looked at the numbers and it was such a sorry state of affairs in 2019 where only 17 percent of businesses in the UK were female owned thankfully now there has just been an update and it's 34 percent I believe so we've doubled where we came from but there was this big sort of gap And it's not that women don't have the skills and the ability, but she found that, you know, even though uh, we have these small numbers, even when we do have a female owned business, we are still playing really small and we'll only ever get sort of two or three maximum people in that business. And generally it's about 40 percent the size of a man's business. And I read this report and coming from this huge feminist ideal that I have in my head, I just thought this is bonkers. That's really interesting. Can you tell me a bit more about those next steps? And, you know, you went through a process of rebooting around that time, you know, of making a significant change and really kind of stepping back to look at how you wanted to move forward. Would you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the time, it was a really difficult place to be in and and I didn't realize I was in the place but now I'm out of it I can look in and really openly talk about it but I got to a place where I'd been working really really hard um I'd been helping other businesses I'd been trying to pivot my own business I was homeschooling um and I'd also bought this new house and I just I was just incredibly difficult to be around and where I thought that I'll just get in this new house, I'll just get in this new house and that's going to be like the beacon of light where life changes and I got into the house uh, and I did the snow angels on the carpet, I'm in, I'm in, but in a week I just hit the ground completely just really tearful, really tired, really burnt out, really unhappy, really grumpy and people were saying you know I just don't recognise you you know are you okay and I think they'd sort of seen that this was happening through the course of the year but I think we were all feeling it so nothing really stood out above what everybody else was going through and also you feel when you're going through this that because there's a massive pandemic where people are losing their businesses and people are losing their lives you don't want to sort of say can someone help 
me um I'm really struggling yeah so um so I didn't and I just carried on and I just carried on and I carried on so I got into the house and everything that I thought you know that I was working just get there just get there just it didn't happen um and you know then we were told we had to have Christmases alone and I just uh, at that point um you know the wheels started to fall off for me and that's when I you know shut the business for Christmas and just thought what is this all about what am I doing in my life you know I've got a very comfortable life you know my business has afforded me things that I never thought were even possible but actually there is no fulfillment in life and so I got a blank piece of paper over the Christmas period and was like what does my life need to look like and that's when I kind of almost did my own reboot really and so so when you did that and you were kind of sketching that out because I know when we've talked you've really said that that rose report was imprinted on your brain and just kept coming back to you, didn't it, in terms of that reboot? So could you just talk us through that day and what process you went through? So that might help some people who are currently wanting to kind of step back or evaluate their life as a whole. Yeah, do you know, it's a really good question. So there's a little model. Now, I call it Ikigai, and I know some people call it Ikigai. So I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing it right or just uniquely. But I got a little tool out and it's four circles and those four circles kind of joined together and it and uh, and I just got it. And that was my bank piece of paper. And I just said, OK, what am I really good at? And I realised what I was really good at. And then what does the world need? And I'd read the Rose Review. And as anyone that ever talks to me knows, I am a stuck record. I constantly talk about this Rose Review and how this inequality in business is so prolific and really needs to change. And, you know, what what also can I get paid for? And what is the greater mission? And so all of these things all came back to the Rose Review, which that Rose Review report basically said, how can we solve this issue? And the first was about, you know, the inequality of access of funding, because we've got uh, white middle-aged men granting funding for female businesses or not, as the case may be, because they don't necessarily understand female founded businesses. The second was around childcare and access to childcare. And I can't do anything about that. But the third one really hit me. And I went back and I read it and read it and read it. And it said, you know, it's access to skills and networks that they can learn how to build a business and I thought okay now I can really do something with this so it was literally just getting that little tool very happy to give you it if it helps to put in show notes you know for somebody to do it themselves and I just thought you know what do I where do I get the joy and what can I get paid for and it was finding some purpose that had impact and that's kind of where it was born that that was it for me it was like you know I've always been a champion for women I know I can help them I can get paid for it and it's got such a greater purpose than helping big corporations get even bigger you know I'd been doing that for a long time and there was no purpose and enjoyment in that so that was where it came from yeah and I think sometimes we have huge purpose in certain things you know so if you'd have kind of looked back 20 years ago your huge purpose was potentially fulfilled in that you know, in by supporting huge brands, but sometimes we change 
and sometimes yeah. that purpose needs to change because we don't feel full, feel fulfilled anymore um yeah I can really kind of empathize with that yeah it, it literally if you put in ikigai in google it will come up yeah. loads of images around it and there's lots of books and things that you can buy around it. And it really, all of it comes back to finding your why and finding your purpose. And a huge part of well-being is having a purpose. So thank you for that, Emma. That's that's really interesting. So that was that day and you started kind of thinking, right, I'm, I want to make these changes. So what were your next steps following that? Because also, you were burnt out personally, weren't you? You know, in terms of kind of your well-being, how did you go go about kind of getting yourself back on the right track? So uh, I love a plan. It's the marketeer in me. I wrote a little plan. What can I do today? What can I do this week? What can I do next month? And what can I do next year? And so I wrote down, what can I do today? And the first thing was, I apologised to my daughter. I've got to get a bit teary now saying this. I apologised to my daughter. I sat her down and I said... I'm really sorry. I feel as if I've taken the wrong path. I feel as if it's really changed who mummy is. And I've got a plan and it's going to get better. And so we had a little bit of a moment. The next thing I did was, um, obviously, I couldn't go and see my family because we were right in the middle of lockdown. But I rang them and I got each of them on a FaceTime separately. And I asked for help. And I said, I'm going to need your help. And they said, thank God you have asked because we've been watching it not knowing what to do because you're so self-sufficient and independent we didn't want to upset you by saying everything all right so I put my hand up and I asked for help and they all rallied round and um, you know so many hours on the phone over that Christmas period and FaceTime you know helping me sort of chewing through the fat and, it, and we got to the end of December new year And we decided that it was time for me to exit the business because actually that was what was really pulling me apart almost because I was working so hard for not much purpose. And even though I'd got this really great achievement out of it and I, like you say, you know, you change. So at first I wanted to be, you know, really successful in my career and I wanted to be, you know, flying around the world. and It was all amazing. Then I became a mum. Don't want to do that anymore. I want to be around and I just want to have a nice comfy life. So I'd done the agency thing and I'd achieved everything I wanted to achieve in that really short period of time. And so I was like, okay, well, what is the next step? And so they were really, um, they were just really supportive. And my dad, a serial entrepreneur, said, look, this is what you need to do to sell your business. So we started to investigate it and got some valuations on it. Um, And then I started to reach out to people that I was working with to say, do you want to take it over? And really, thankfully, there were some people that said yes. And so that's when the process began. And then I was thinking, okay, well, this is where I need to make sure that I don't end up with a cliff edge of nothing. So I started to build what is now the million pound mentor sort of next to it. So that that's kind of what I did. Yeah, it's a plan of what can I do now? What can I do tomorrow? What can I do next week? And what can I do next year? So that was it. Just decision made, put my hand up, asked for help and just got on with it, really. Fab. Now, this is really an interesting one because I think part of this is sometimes why we get to the place that perhaps you got to and I got to is that we often don't switch off because we are so focused on achieving something. Would you say that you've learned from your mistakes would be one question. And also, 
you know, how do you now switch off so that you can switch on and perform at your best? Oh God, I'm still learning that. I still have to, um, I still have to really work on that. As you know, Emma, I never stop. And we've got, you know, WhatsApp groups and, and I've got a brilliant community as you have around that just cheerleads and supports, but we're all on at different times of the day. We've all got our own little patterns. So it is really, it's just being mindful, isn't it? I think when you've been through something like that, you're really mindful and you spot the signs in you. So today, you know, I felt, I woke up, I had my COVID jab last week and I woke up today and I just didn't, I just didn't, I just feel a bit meh. So rather than push through it, which is what I would have done before, you know, I can't be poorly, that's for losers. And oh, I've got all these people relying on me. I just decided to stay in bed. So I got out of bed at half nine this morning because I could and because I thought I need a, I need a rest and I can see the signs. And I actually entered the year with a bit of a promise to myself, which you've heard me talk about. I came in with the three B's, which was to be brave, which isn't about, you know, carrying on and being really strong, but to be brave, to be vulnerable enough to say, not feeling so great today, can someone help? That I would always look for balance so that I would stop being all or nothing, which is very true to type for me. And what was the other one? The other one was bravery, balance and boundaries, bravery, balance and boundaries. So, yeah. So and that is having the ability to say no, because I was I would never say no to anybody. So, yeah. So and that's kind of how I do. And I'm not very good at it. You know, sometimes people just, you know, it's all a learning, isn't it? But I'm I'm so much better than I was last year. I will ask for help and I will put my hand up and I will say no to things. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. And a huge you know for me a huge step forward was that sort of self-awareness of your needs and listening to yourself like you said you know it's like I'm a bit tired today so you know I'm I can so I can stay in bed for an extra hour so I'm gonna so you know good on you and I think you say there's something that you say that also resonates with me and I think it's so true is it's the analogy of the Uh, when you're on a plane isn't it and they always say and I never understood it until recently you know when the gas mask comes down you know in in emergencies you have to put it on yourself before you help your children and I never understood that but actually it, it resonates in this particular area as well because if you can't look after yourself you will not be a good or as good a parent as you can be and also you won't be a good healthy business owner and you won't make the right decisions and so it is really important you look after yourself and you have that time for yourself before you give it away a bit like charging yourself up like your iPhone you know if you've got on empty all the time you know you're not going to perform properly so I know when you say that that really resonates with me and I think it's so true and we we feel selfish when we do self-care um, but it's retraining not not to feel selfish and knowing that it just helps you be better for others. Yeah, and I think sometimes as, you know, strong-minded, driven women who are on a mission to achieve things, that often we do we do have to really kind of have that balance and be quite disciplined and strict with ourselves to make sure that, there is that priority on putting our oxygen mask on first yeah yeah you know my thing is always that I need to walk you know at least once a day I usually walk twice a day and you know I have to walk at least even if it's 10 minutes 
is just go and uh, just get out and get away, get away from your desk. And um, another thing as well that's really basic is not eating your lunch at your desk. And this is something that I was probably the worst person for in my uh, 19 years of corporate um, because I was, you know, so determined to succeed and achieve. So, yeah, yeah. real basic, uh, real basic things sometimes can just really transform. Do you know what that small thing that those two things are the small changes that I've made. So I was eating breakfast, lunch, dinner and supper and doing everything at my desk. You know, there were times when Molly would come up and bring me my dinner last year because she didn't want me to not eat because I was so ingrained in what I was doing. And now I make an effort to actually go and step away from what I'm doing to do it but you know like you also I mean I was paying somebody to walk my dogs five times a week I mean that I look at that now and think that is really ridiculous because actually I should be walking my own dogs because that is my downtime that is my time to get some fresh air and where I live now I live quite close to um, the Thames footpath so even if I'm you know on the phone to somebody or uh, I'm listening to a clubhouse room I'm now walking my own dogs in a beautiful part of the world, which I just didn't even look up from my desk to appreciate. And it really helps me. Yeah, it really helps. It helps you to step back and think and takes you out of that autopilot. So you can actually make better decisions. Yeah. You as a leader of your business or a leader, you know, in the corporate world, there are businesses now that encourage, you know, walk and talk meetings, which is great because, you know, it just means that you can, you're getting a little bit of, a little bit of outside, uh, outside time. And people are starting to see that sometimes just stepping away from that environment can, you know, really accelerate some of, some of the decision making. Can I just say as well, because this is a topic about, you know, girls running the world and female empowerment, I think sometimes we, we all have the best ambitions to do that and then we sabotage ourselves because we don't put ourselves in our best place to do it um, and the thing that I learned was that you know if I'm not able to take that challenge on because I'm not in peak emotional state then I'm not going to go and change the world and I think as women we take on way too much because we think we're changing the world and actually we're not we're doing ourselves a disservice because we burn ourselves out and I think one thing for anybody listening that is feeling a bit like that is to take stuff off your plate. It's OK to say no and it's OK to look after yourself before you look after the world, because the world will only change when we are in a good place. Yeah. There's a few things that I'm seeing in the online space at the minute where women are burnt out and fighting amongst themselves because they feel that they're almost scrapping about one seat at the table rather than taking a bit of a breather and a step back and seeing that there's a lot of seats at the table that we can all have a seat at if we work together and we don't just think with that emotional neurological reaction that we get when we're in fear that actually happens when we're tired and we're burnt out and we've been doing a lot so I do think if we're going to you know run the world as girls and we're going to change the world we just need to look after ourselves and we need to just have perspective about how we can do that and all take a seat at the table together instead of fighting for one seat at the very male-dominated table yeah yeah I mean I would I would I would agree with that I think 
well, you know, you know what I'm like in terms of collaborations and, and working with different people. And, you know, I'm always open really to a collaboration. What I find difficult is I quite soon pick up on those people that are very, very, very competitive with other women. And that does, it, 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 that completely turns me off now, completely turns me off. You know, after being in an environment where, you know, we had to be competitive with each other, we were like best of friends, but then we had to be really competitive because, you know, we had to, you know, be the, you know, region that performed the best, for example. So it's kind of actually, you know, I love a bit of healthy competition, but I think sometimes, you know, sometimes there's not some kind of some great behaviours that get displayed, you know, from women. And actually, we don't have to do it that way. We can really bring in our female energy and, you know, our female traits. And we don't have to do competition in a way that where we have to, you know, feel that we have to put that masculine head on if that makes sense to do it all the time it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that and actually there's a lot of men that really do you know probably do competition better than women <laughs> if I'm really honest about it you know because you know perhaps they're not so well, I can't really think of a word that's um yeah so yeah but it's tribal isn't it because if you go back to when you know we were in you know the dark ages the men would go off and kill prey and you know bring back the food and the women would be building the community and that's you know I mean it's very stereotypical but it's kind of how we have morphed as a species you know the men would go out and they would have to compete to get the the food so that their families could eat and the women would sort of nurture and look after and I do think as we enter into what has historically wrongly but historically being a man's world we feel like we then have to step into this male energy and be competitive and suddenly we own a business and we have to dress in you know pencil skirts and five inch heels and actually I fell into that trap for a very long time you know now I'm always in jumpers and leggings and you know shirts and jeans but we we feel as if we've got to step into this different place and you're right we can create a different place where we use what is comfortable and natural to us instead of being I mean listen I'm really competitive you know I'm really competitive when I play games I am really competitive but it's always I know (laughs) (laughs) but it's and I, I mean I'm a really bad loser you know it gets to Christmas and that's when you know family fallouts because you know somebody's cheated but when it comes to this kind of thing I know you're eye rolling me now (laughs) I know I haven't cheated in any games we've played so far I promise no I know you only said you were going to cheat if you were the person that was doing the scoring so it was like you're never ever ever doing that then I mean I'm I'm only jealous because I am so bad at the game uh so you know that is fine but you know I just I have to get my uh, 14-year-old daughter to help me. <laughs> oh, I do I don't know what maybe I've got two older brothers and I had to compete to be able to play. You know, I, you know I, there was no sort of oh, 
little sister will accommodate the rules. It was like, you're playing these rules or you're not playing. So I think I just learned to do that. But I actually have learned that that is an okay place to be in a fun environment. It's really not an okay place. And I really, I call it out a lot, as you know, Emma, if I see it in a, in a place where women really need to be collaborative and unified and really in the sisterhood I don't I I really have no time for it like you at all I think you know we've got a bigger fight to have here for equality in business than than be fighting with each other I've got no time for it at all yeah but give me a game and yeah I'll I'll wrestle you to the floor yeah I know (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm not competitive and those people that do know me you know pretty well know that I am very competitive but I think there's a way to do it you know there's a way in business to be competitive and you don't have to do it on your own and you can collaborate with people and actually sometimes what you create with other people is is even better yeah absolutely it's so true and actually that even when that competition sort of comes up in me I will only ever compete with myself and I'll always say am I better today than I was last month am I making progress against where I was last year and even though at the moment I'm looking back and thinking income wise probably not but actually happiness the people I have around me the friendships the relationships massively so as long as you're always progressing against your own benchmark then you're doing a phenomenal job don't compare yourself to other people compare yourself to yourself yeah I think that's great advice. So any personal tips that you can uh, share with people to help them live life to the full? So your personal flourishing formula for life, whether that be in relation to well-being or key learns that you've learned throughout your life, or it could even be around equality. I like that flourishing formula. You should trademark that. Do you know, I genuinely thing having gone full circle with this is in my pursuit of this you know proving everybody wrong that leaving my corporate job was you know nonsensical you know what the hell are you doing you've gone mental in proving them all wrong I almost cut myself off from everybody around me and I think that's where I well I know that's where I went wrong so I think you have to surround yourself with people who understand are forgiving and are cheerleading you and now I have got that back in my life in lots of different groups and sectors I just feel like I'm charging on steam again and they give me the energy on the lowest days I don't ever feel alone and I think as women that is how we that is how we shine is together and talking a problem through and sharing it and you know they say problem shared problem half I definitely think it's a team around you, whether it's a team in your business, you know, your mates, your business mates, because that's very different. Whatever it is, it's it's having that and not losing sight of that in this big, I've got to prove to the world, you know, what, what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's a huge reason why I started Connect and Co-Work, um, you know, was trying to bring people together. And really interesting, there was a conversation last week Um, I think it was and it was around when you've been working at home or you work for yourself feeling really quite alone and I said you know what you know yes I'm a business owner but I don't feel like I'm alone and that is due to 
the connections, the communities and the collaborations that, you know, that I take part in. And I would honestly say that's a huge part of, you know, helping me to perform at my best. And I would say that community part and that connection is a huge part of probably why my programme's so successful, you know, in helping people reboot their lives as well. So thank you so much, Emma. Now, just before we finish, is there anyone or any community or anything or any books that you really feel that have been a key part of your journey? Well, in addition to the Rose Report, let's say. Yeah. Promise not to mention the Rose Report. Um, yeah, do you know what? The best book I've ever read is Brene Brown. And it's where she talks about bravery and vulnerability. And I would suggest that anybody that's struggling with putting their hand up and saying, I'm struggling, goes and reads that book. Because that is really where you gain strength in yourself, but you actually get people who want to help you come forward. And it's tough to say I need help, but actually it's so rewarding. So I would say the best, but the, the book that's changed my life would be Brené Brown. Dare to be, dare to be, dare to be vulnerable or whatever it's called, I think. Fabulous. Thank you so much. I have absolutely loved this interview. I just think there's just been some fantastic points within this podcast. And really, you know, no matter how strong we are as women, and you know how much we might want to be super women it's is you know be brave enough be vulnerable and ask for help when you need it because there is help out there so thank you so much emma for being brave and vulnerable today thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure thank you for listening to the human reboot podcast i'm emma last and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.